When you know that you are queer, but your favorite drink is beer, that's gayish. You can bottom without stopping, but you can't stop going shopping, that's gayish. Oh, gayish, you're probably gayish. Well, life's just too short for narrow stereotypes, so oh, it's gayish. We're also gayish. It's gayish with Mike and Kyle. Hello, everyone in the podcast universe. This is gayish. The podcast where every time God closes a mouth, he opens a butthole. Oh. <laughs> I like that you saw that as romantic. It is. It is. It's <laughs> very romantic. Uh, I'm Mike Johnson. I'm Kyle Getz. And we're here to bridge the gap between sexuality and actuality. And today. 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 We're going to talk today, about. Yeah, I feel oh it God. in my bones. Today. <laughs> no. Today. We're, we're, we're going we're gonna to talk about Kylie Minogue. Yes. Um, um, but first. But first, hi Pride Forty Eight. Hi Pride Forty Eight. We are doing this live on Pride Forty Eight. So if you're listening live, hi to everyone in the chat room. Yeah, we will be following the chat room in uh, Discord. Pride Forty Eight has their own Discord server, and that's what we'll be. That's what we'll be looking at. Um, but just really quickly, this has been a thing that we've been doing for a while. So Pride Forty Eight is LGBT and LGBT friendly podcasts, and uh, this is the very last live streaming weekend. And uh, we've we've met some truly awesome people over the years, and and have been very very glad to be involved. And um, it all started with water sports. <laughs> was that our first? Yeah, Pride that was 48? that was our first Pride Forty Eight on June twenty eighth, twenty eighteen. We participated in our first Pride Forty Eight event, and uh, that's episode seventy three. And we did water sports. Wow, back in the two digits. You're you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Also, also, if you're a Pride 48 or hopefully you've heard our show before, if not, you're probably taffy. But um, uh, what you want to do is think about your gayest and straightest. So every episode we do our gayest and straightest of the week, which is the stereotypically gayest and stereotypically straightest thing about us each week, just to show that there's a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B for everyone. Um, but we want to take some from specifically the Pride 48 audience. So uh, get your gayest and straightest into us in the Discord chat and uh we'll we'll share some uh, at the end of the episode yeah absolutely um great uh feedback and corrections Ooh. oh first of all gary just asked in the chat what was the gayish word in 2019 in nola so in 2018 our first one uh live in nola we did hand jobs <laughs> uh, and then in, in in 2019 i remember it well because of how red i turned yes we did poppers, poppers. Uh, fucking dan brought a selection of poppers and i basically lost my shit um <laughs> so okay okay uh feedback and corrections so we got this lovely letter i just wanted to share really quickly okay uh dear mike and kyle uh this is about our q a episode uh 350 just a couple of weeks ago your answer to the question about gay men over 50 who married women and stayed closeted was spot on I am precisely that sort of gay man, now 65 years of age. When I was a young adult, there was no internet, no gay characters on TV, and very few resources for anyone who didn't fit the straight mold. My attempts to come out were awkward and clumsy, and it was easy to go back into the closet and pass for straight. We all have been on our own paths, and as long as we are kind and respectful to each other, there's no need to be critical of anyone whose path is different. Now we have lots of resources, positive representation in the media, and podcasts. Gayish is one of my resources to help me remember who I am. My eyes welled with tears when I heard Kyle say, there's always time to be your authentic self. Well done, guys. Gordon. Oh, thanks, Gordon. Yeah, thanks, That's Gordon. very sweet email. 
Um, I'm, I'm glad that we could be your weekly dose of faggotry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get it somewhere. Might as well be us. Yeah, exactly right. Um, so we have to be off of this bitch by the end of the hour. They're going to cut us off. So yeah. we're not going to do the news this week uh, or I'll find a different way to get the news out maybe. Yeah. Um, but we're just going to skip that part and go right to thank yous to Patreon. Yeah. So I want to thank the following Patreon members, Jesse O'Connell, Eli, Kaylee Adams, Kaylee, I think I'm saying that right. Aaron Foley, Jay Cheng Tablada. Oh, nailed that one. I know. I <laughs> I even said it. I said that one. Tablada. Anyway, I said that ahead of time and didn't still fucked it up. And Dylan Dunaway, thank you so much for your support. You can support us by going to patreon.com slash gayish podcast. Yeah, thanks for your money. Yep. <laughs> Especially because it paid for us to go to L.A. last weekend, which was yeah, a lot of fun. We've been doing live shows, including last week's uh, L.A. show. Yeah, which was awesome. Yeah. Thanks to everyone who came out to that. Yeah, it was great. But now. But now. We're going to talk about. You want to talk about Kylie? Kylie Minogue. Kylie Minogue. The Ki- is, is she the Kylie? Is she Kylie enough that we can say Kylie and oh. it counts as. Her Wikipedia article says that she goes by the mononym of Kylie from time to time. So. Okay. Wikipedia, you can take that shit to the bank. But also, and I think this is the most important. There's other Kylies. Kylie mm. Jenner, I think, is like you know a, that's the, in the in the in the mix there. Yeah. But Kylie.com is Kylie Minogue. So she, early domain Parker, maybe. But I think that that just she peed on that tree. It's hers. Yeah, she was born like two generations before Kylie Jenner was born. So of course, yeah, it makes sense. She got that it's, first. Yeah. But there's a generation of people for whom Kylie might be Kylie Jenner. Yeah. They don't listen to our show. <laughs> <laughs> and they certainly don't listen to Pride 48. That's <laughs> yeah, very true. Um, well, okay. So predictably, I'm going to talk to you about the history of Kylie Minogue. Sure. By which I just mean some basic biographical information. Okay. We strategically asked Adam and uh, to give us the, the uh, time slot that we have this year so that Australia is asleep and can't hate mail us live. Oh, that was really smart because they're, they're not going to like this one, I'm sure. We didn't mention Gapridger Samuel Kohler mm. requested this. Uh, as his episode topic. That's right. I forgot. So, this isn't our fault. Yes. Yes. A, a way to... And I think he knew what exactly what he was asking for when he asked for it. Also, his birthday's coming up on September 29th. So yeah. happy birthday. Happy birthday, Samuel Kohler. Yeah. Uh, in, in case in case you don't know, the, the people at our highest level of support after they've been doing it for a few months, then uh, we'll sit down with them and they get to produce their own episode idea. And he came to us with this idea a long time ago. So she released Padam Padam uh, back in, uh, in June or, or May. The new album was announced in May. And all of it was for Kylie's 55th birthday. And so he's been chomping at the bit ever since then, like even before then leading up to that. I think we talked to him in like March or something. Yeah, we talked to him a while ago and but wanted to time it out with the episode release. Yeah, the album release. Well, uh, this album release, this this new album that's coming out is her 16th studio album. Damn. And uh, it's called Tension, which is what I'm feeling right now. (laughs) (laughs) um the single from that album just came out recently and you heard it for the first time when i played it for you oh yeah there was there was there was music in the background when i was was, (laughs) prancing around the kitchen that was kylie minogue yep (laughs) okay great um well okay so the history of kylie uh her name is kylie ann minogue that is on her birth certificate so this is not 
This is not an invention, you know? Uh, but she was born at Bethlehem Hospital in Caulfield South, which is a suburb of Melbourne, Victoria, Australia. Uh, May 28th, 1968. So she turned 55 this year, which is crazy to me. I I guess I sort of knew in the back of my head that she'd like been around a while and like I, I, I just 55 blew me away because yeah. she looks fucking fantastic. She looks incredible. Uh, and is like a sex symbol and has been for a while. Yeah. And um, I just think it's really great to have like a woman of a certain age, like kick as much ass as she does. Yeah, absolutely. Um, anyway, uh, her dad was Ronald Charles Minogue, uh, who was a car company accountant. Oh, and his um, wife, Carol Ann, nay Jones, which that just came up on, on uh, throwing down um, uh, the, the hour before us. Nay just means, maiden name y'all um but uh, she was a former ballet dancer um then they they moved to australia in 1958 as part of an assisted migration scheme so um you know australia is basically giant england (laughs) with with spiders (laughs) and kangaroos (laughs) yeah but but they have been putting people on boats and sending them to Australia for a really long time, quite famously prisoners <laughs> uh, way back in the day. Um, but then later on, they were actively encouraging people from the UK to move to Australia. And, and she was part of that on the same boat with them uh, was the Gibb family. I don't know who that is. The Bee Gees, Kyle, the oh. Bee Gees, the other Australian band. Some people know. <laughs> <laughs> um, She's the eldest of three children, so she has a brother named Brendan, who is a news cameraman, and her sister, Danny. Denai. No, I think it's Danny. Denai. Denai. It's two N's, two I's. D A N N I I, Minogue. She's an actress, singer, and a television host. So, way back in the day, a 10 year old Kylie went with her sister, Denai, to an audition, an audition that they're. That their aunt Suzette put together for them, and uh, the producer said, "Nah, Danny's too young." Ixnay on that. Um, but an Australian uh, show picked her up. She had a minor role in the soap opera The Sullivans in 1979. So that's when her like public, public, public career uh, gets going as a ten-year-old. So she's she probably doesn't remember ever not doing this. Yeah. I, that's crazy to me. People that have been in the limelight for their entire lives, like that just seems impossible to be a, r- a regular human right? when that's been your life. I can't even do it. I know. <laughs> yeah. Same. Um, so then uh, she later was, uh, she had another small role in another soap opera called Skyways. And then she was cast in 1985 in a lead role in the television series, The Henderson Kids. I guess she like cut school to go do the Henderson kids, which her, which her mom was pissed about. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she thought that she needed the independence uh, to make it into the entertainment industry. Uh, and it didn't go so great. So mm-hmm. one of her co-stars, Nadine Garner, said that she was, quote, fragile because producers yelled at her for forgetting her lines and she would often cry on set. My God, if someone yells at me, I'm going to go cry off stage too. Well, and, and she's like 15, 16 years yeah. old at this phase. Like what? Like don't don't yell at teenagers, yeah. you dickbags. Yeah. Um, 
But so uh, one of her biographies says that removing her from that show turned out maybe to be the best thing ever for her career because uh, she started thinking about a career in music at that stage. She made a demo tape for the producers of a weekly music program called Young Talent Time, uh, which featured Dana Na'i'i as a regular performer. Danny, I'll stop. I'll, okay. <laughs> or will I? <laughs> or will you? Um, featured her sister Danny as a regular performer. So she was like, maybe I'll give this a shot too. Um but uh, so she she gave her first singing performance on t- on TV in in eighty five, um, but she was not invited to join the cast. Hmm. Um, but then uh, her her like big breakout, I suppose, is the soap opera Neighbors, which is also the name of a gay bar here in Seattle. Is that still open? I think so. Yeah. It looked kind of open. Okay. It also looked like maybe a bunch of straight people. Oh, have the now? straight people heard about it? And so now they get to take over and... I, I guess. I don't mm. know. I don't know. Hmm. We should go. We really? should check it out. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, okay. So so, so uh, in, in 1986, she got cast as Charlene Mitchell, who was a schoolgirl, kind of a tomboy, that turned garage mechanic. <laughs> um, and uh, I'm going to talk about soap operas a lot later in the show. So I'm going to sort of gloss over that whole thing. Okay. That show, Neighbors, is still on TV. They do so many episodes. It's like 200 and something episodes a year because it's most days of the week. Mm. And it's been on for whatever that math is, 30 something years. Wow. Anyway. Um, so uh, her debut single in Australia for music, her musical career, um, uh, was July 13th of 1987. She was on this show, Neighbors. It had done uh, really, really well. One one episode in particular that I'll talk about later. And The Locomotion was her debut single, and it was released basically at the same time that this big episode happened. So it was just like, everything was coming up Kylie in 1987. <laughs> um, so then her self-titled debut album, Kylie, was released in July of 1988. And uh, it's been... 15 more albums since then. She's just had this insane career. What's interesting is that she was never as big in the United States as she was in the Commonwealth countries, um, meaning UK, um, Canada, Australia, um, and, and and elsewhere in Europe also. She she just, um, just never quite took off here in the same way. Yeah. The one exception being Can't Get You Out of My Head, mm-hmm. which can't get out of my head. I, that song is, I don't. What you don't? Like I don't it? love it. Really? I don't know. It's oh my God. fine. It's fine. Mm. I don't know. Uh, that was the first time I had heard of her because I was born in '86. So like, right. I'm not. You know. So that was the first I had heard of her, and it was like this song is fine. Na 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 na. It's really good. Yeah. It's so catchy. Yeah. And yeah, kind of. Yeah. I think I agree with. <laughs> but that. I like man music, so that shouldn't. I, it should be right up my alley, but it just, I mean, th- that is one of those songs that can and will at any given moment be played at a gay bar that you're at. Right. Uh, yeah. And it's absolutely. still, it's still like, is the call of our people, Kyle. <laughs> um, uh, so, so let's see. But she, you're right that she is massive in other countries, like right. worldwide. She is huge. And for some reason it just, she doesn't have, she has, she absolutely has fame here and people know her here, but it's just not at the scale. I think that other countries have her. Right. Yep. Absolutely. Um, 
I did not know this about her until like looking up her bio for the episode, but uh, apparently in May of 2005, she had breast cancer hmm. and um, she had a lumpectomy and did a bunch of chemo while she was touring. She had to finish wow. her chemo in France for some reason, like like the, the tour. I, I don't know how that works. I can't even get in to see my doctor, the same doctor two weeks in a row, much less like hand off my chemo treatment to another country. Yeah, but, you don't pause your tour for your chemo treatment. That's that's impressive. Um. Uh, she did in interviews later say that she was sort of uh, interested in what they started calling the Kylie effect, which we've seen other celebrities go through something similar of like, oh, Kylie Minogue had breast cancer. Maybe I'll get my tits checked, you know, mm. and and it's just was a, there was an uptick in women in countries where she's popular getting mammograms. That's and, great. And, and checking checking out for, for breast cancer. Uh, let's see. So in, in June of 2023, she became the only female artist to reach the top 10 of the UK singles chart in the eighties, nineties, OOs, teens, and twenties. Um, and, uh, the, the, wow. that's because Padam Padam was instantly a top 10 hit in the UK. Um, she also does a bunch of charity work, a bunch of, of philanthropic work. Uh, she's a supporter of AMFAR, which is the Foundation for AIDS Research. Uh, she hosts the AMFAR Inspiration Gala in Los Angeles, or hosted it in 2010. Uh, she also attended AMFAR fundraising benefits in Cannes and performed at galas for the charity in Sao Paulo and Hong Kong. Um, so I know that that's maybe a segue for what you're going to talk about next, but, uh, she's done a lot of, a lot of work and raising money for, for HIV AIDS, which predominantly affects gay people. Yeah. Yeah. So I, what I like to do is I like to look into why are they a gay icon? What about them? And kind of, do they deserve to be? Mm. Um, and what is it about them? Why is it? I, I think there's this question that I keep having is like, why do we have this, reverence for these straight women it just that's just part of gay culture like glad has the vanguard award right which mm -hmm. we've joked on the show before is just the who do the gays love this year yes. award yes right <laughs> yeah absolutely they give it out to the, uh, the straight ally of the year or whatever so yeah. um here's what i it seemed like she was an icon a gay icon the moment she started in the 90s was the uh, Rhythm of Love album, which was a dance album. Uh, the single Better the Devil You Know, uh, London's G-A-Y. Do you say G-A-Y or gay nightclub? G-A-Y, I think. Uh, okay. G I went there. You, you did? Yeah. Um, There's a picture of me making a Y under the G-A-Y side. Oh, cute. Yeah. Um, but that nightclub considers Better the Devil You Know to be its ultimate anthem. Oh. Um, there was a list on Dig that had the best LGBTQ pride songs and it was ranked number six on the list just behind I will survive. So oh. it, I didn't realize that it is up there with pride songs yeah. Yeah. That, that are just universally loved and adored. Yeah. I will survive and it's raining men for sure. Yeah. What else? I'm what? coming out. I'm coming out. Yeah. Like company with those songs. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, also in the nineties bars started doing Kylie nights. Great. And this is what Kylie said about it. Quote, I think it was, it, I think it was 1990 and I was in Sydney and there was a very a famous gay bar on Oxford street and they were doing a Kylie night, which I'd never heard of and never been to. I'd heard there were people dressed as me and it sounded like a good time. So that was the first moment I thought, wow, something's kind of happening. 
Over the years, I think I've always tried my best. I've tried to be myself. Anyone in this industry knows there's obstacles, how to be accepted as yourself. And that's just what I try to do with anyone. Hmm. So she seems to, there seems to be this gay movement of, you know, I can imagine a Kylie night at a gay night club. Yeah, for sure. And, um, I mean, they were all gay bars, right? They had to be. <laughs> I didn't. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Any police doing a Kylie night must be a gay bar. I did not find that specifically, but. I would think. Has to be. It has to be. Um, she performed at the 1998 Sydney Gay and Lesbian Mardi Gras. And she's done a lot of performances at Prides and, and you know, gay and lesbian events. So um, one article I read uh, about the 2010s song All the Lovers said Kylie would never claim to be a political artist, but All the Lovers had an important message to share about the positivity of love and self-expression and it was embraced by her LGBTQ plus fans. Mm -hmm. And the video for it is basically a giant bisexual orgy. <laughs> it is... Wait, bisexual giants bang there? Or there's... <laughs> <laughs> Me want orgy. <laughs> Me want orgy. Me orgy with you. Um, no, it is a large <laughs> bisexual orgy. Just tons of people all getting down on each other and then lifting up Kylie above the, above their head. Wow. Yeah. That's multitasking. There's enough to do in an orgy already, much less trying to hold Kylie Minogue over your fucking head. Literally fucking maybe. Yeah. yeah. Perhaps. <laughs> I, I can't tell if you tell, if you like pull my leg. Oh, what? The videos of bisexual orgy. Yeah. No, it oh, is. Okay. Okay. Great. No, it really is. Okay, great. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um at in 2014 she performed at the glad media awards in new york city um an article that i saw connected her cancer i was reading a couple articles on why is she a lgbt icon mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. one article connected her battle with cancer with lgbt rights <laughs> like <laughs> I, I understand the the fight for queer rights. I've had breast cancer. Kind of okay. Here's what they said. Here's they're basically the they're same. The same thing. You you know how it goes. Um, they said, "quote Kylie, however, offers something truly different: a natural warmth and genuine understanding of the struggles of acceptance and challenge. She has known a battle or two, often with the critics." once most seriously with her health and of course navigating more than three decades in the challenging music business. Yeah. So there's, I think sometimes a, there are these icons that were like they're they fought for everything and they've been through a lot and that's part of what we connect to about them. Sure. And so I, I can see as interesting or weird as it sounds on the surface level, I can see why people make these connections to if you've gone through struggle and strife that we relate to that person more. Yeah. We do live a rise above story. I think yeah. that, that makes, that makes sense to me, but you also, you have to do it in heels. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and like sequin top. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in 2020, this is the gayest thing I found the entire time. Great. Lay it on me. 2020. She started a, a wine business selling rosé. 
Now I feel bad I didn't know that, so I could get you a bottle for oh, this very recording oh, session. Oh, that's okay. I didn't know she did all that charity work for Amfar, so... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we, we, we're we here to teach each other okay. shit. Um, in a 2021 interview, when being asked about being an, a gay icon, she said, quote, I didn't set out to do that, meaning be inclusive. It is just naturally how I feel. There's so much talk about inclusivity, and I always felt... And I felt I always had that from the beginning. I used to say I love to be able to look out at my shows and there were just all kinds of walks of life. There has never been any judgment. Oh. So she's saying good things and also is not like she's not like passionately defending LGBT rights sure. in that statement either. So um Glad an article on Glad did say that her music uh but that whether it's her music or her allyship, she is a pop legend who has uh, achieved icon status. She's performed at Prides Around the World in 2013. She performed at the World Pride in Sydney. Um, she performed Padam Padam. Yeah. I mean, she released the song Padam Padam, yeah. which is <laughs> the second gayest thing about her. Right. <laughs> um, so to... To summarize why I think she's considered a gay icon, I wrote down this quote. Um, Her unique LGBTQ plus appeal lies in the fact that this survivor has grown up alongside the community, sharing, celebrating, and commiserating with its ups and downs. Okay. 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 We've also said before that there's just like a a weird self-fulfilling feedback loop thing of like, she's a gay icon because she's a gay icon. Yeah. And like, once you get that, you just are. Yeah. And then it happens more. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And she, but she does fit the template, like the the like the archetype that we've seen mm-hmm. um over and over again. She fits a lot of those. What things are included in that archetype? Like what things do you need to have? Be white. No. <laughs> well <laughs> it's, I think it's easier. Um uh yeah, there's there's sort of a, a a grandioseness about the way that you um behave and dress especially like yeah. a lot of sequins like killer heels like these are these are these are true uh, true true things and to to do a kylie night you have to be you have to have distinctive enough looks that someone can dress up in something and you'll be like oh yep that's kylie minogue yep so. um a like i think that there's a common thing of 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 gay icons also like not coming from money mm. like and uh, here I am world I'm unstoppable it, just fucking making shit happen yeah. even though you came from like goddamn fucking nowhere yeah um there's also sadly I don't think it's part of why we're attracted to them but I do think that there are a lot of gay icons who are sort of like tongue-in-cheek about their support for the gay community mm. like they know on what side their bread is buttered <laughs> <laughs> sure but they also aren't super overt in their support. Mm. So, I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah. I th- I think it sounded like since the album Rhythm of Love, that one in the 90s that was a dance album, it sounded like she started out earlier, early in her career being loved by gay men. And that has just continued on as she, so then as she's kept going, we are really loyal as long as you don't fuck us over. Right. Or, you know, like as long as you, keep the right path we're really loyal um and she kept releasing you know dance albums and dance songs that we loved she has amazing outfits 
she's hot she yeah has risen above challenges so i think these are all the things that make her a gay icon Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um i like that i actually like i said did not find some of the nonprofit work that you mentioned so i like that she not not only she performs at prides so that's huge so she knows you know you can when you're that big you get to decide where you're going i think you like you're the one making the decision so to recognize and perform for your gay audiences i think is huge and to actually support monetarily when you're that big like you make your money from gay men so putting money back into the community i think is a huge thing so she's got some some pluses in her side well and i i was i was thinking a little bit ago that uh well, first, after saying I was glad that we were doing this when Australia is asleep, apparently our T cruiser is awake. I know, right? Which that, that makes me it's... nervous. But um, uh, Australia, when it comes to gay shit, is actually like behind us. Like they didn't legalize gay marriage until 2018. Um, that, that is, when it comes to gender and sexuality issues, as near as I can tell, a very conservative country. So she also sort of has had to be, I think... A little careful about right. how much support in, in what contexts um but while not biting the hand that feeds her so um yeah rt cruiser in the chat says surrounding herself with hot gay dancers yeah that helps yes that's a big one <laughs> having hot dudes around you is absolutely part of the motif of these gay icons even if they're straight even if they're straight mm-hmm. we don't need to know that mm. they, they don't i'm just looking at them so mm-hmm. you know um so I don't know. Yeah. So she, she seems to be, there are some gay icons where I'm like, yes, they've like, they started this nonprofit early in their career and they've been outspoken about LGBT right? Like she's not that kind of icon. I think she is, like you said, an icon because she was an icon yeah. and it kind of fuels itself. Yep. Yep. Once it's once 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 you pop, you can't stop. I don't know what's wrong with me, Kyle. <laughs> so many idioms that you've got for us. Oh, I didn't take my meds this morning. Oh, that's what's going on. All right, I'm mm-hmm. having the hardest time following that one single thread of thought, <laughs> okay. which is great for life podcasting. <laughs> you gotta um, stick with me for thirty more minutes. All right, I got it. Okay. I got it. I can do this. Okay. I can do this. Well, I I want to talk more about soap operas, Kyle. So. There's like a parallel universe, right, where where she gets that job uh, early, early in her career and stays in soap operaing mm-hmm. and never attempts a music career or going with her sister on that on that talent show thing. And uh, she was in so many soap operas at the beginning of her career, but her her biggest her biggest one was this this show Neighbors and Neighbors has a surprising number of like really gay things about it. First of all, uh, Guy Pierce also got his start on Neighbors. No way. Who then went on to do like the gayest thing ever, Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. <laughs> um, and and they were, but they were they were on the show at the same time there in the in the in the mid eighties. But um, talking about this episode, so the episode that like it was just such a big deal is episode 523 and it premiered on July 1st of 1987. So um, Charlene, who is uh, Kylie Minogue's character 
has been dating this dude for a while. And uh, his name is Scott. He's played by Jason Donovan. And this episode is their wedding episode. So backing up a little bit, they had been dating for a while, being adorable on the show. You know, soap operas roll like Mm -hmm. drama and like, but like they've been together for a while. And uh, uh, there was a plot line where they were to move in together and they got hate mail because you're going to let a beloved young unmarried couple live together the horror but that was the state of australian sensibilities in the 80s and arguably in the united states too at that time like i i could see a similar backlash happening but um uh so they decided okay quick write a wedding episode we're gonna have them get married instead of live in sin and so they got this this wedding episode together and uh, it was the highest ever ratings for Neighbors, became one of the highest rated soap opera episodes ever in Australia, and uh, it got 19.6 million viewers in the United Kingdom when it aired in the UK. Wow. Um, so it was, uh, it was just, it was, it was, it was a big deal. The, the wedding episode was a big deal. And really, uh, we've talked about parasocial relationships before of like, when you put content into your brain, even if it's fiction, there's parts of your brain that can't help but feel connected and attached to those voices, those actors, though that, yeah. that 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 character even. The reason podcasts are a thing. They got so many wedding gifts in the mail what? Sent, sent to the studio. Which is like every every major wedding episode of every show, this is a thing that happens. It just it was the first time that it happened on this scale in Australia. That's creepy to me. It's creepy to me too. Like you were just like, can you imagine sitting like uh, the episode where Ross married that lesbian? No, in Friends. What, <laughs> yeah, what? I don't think they had a wedding episode though. What happened? For not his lesbian ex wife was... got married. Anyway, did, did she get married on the show? I think so. all I'm saying is that like to watch a show and be like into that show and then like oh they're getting married i'm going to go to macy's see if they're registered be sad when they're not because they're fucking fictional character (laughs) and then send them something anyway in the mail and some poor fucking intern has to open it up and be like i guess i get more cake knives yeah (laughs) i guess we have a third toaster now (laughs) for the office like yeah what do you do with that shit i i I mean sell it and pocket the retail value of whatever it is maybe yeah send a gift receipt (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) um so so uh the 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 couple leading up to the wedding episode have been called tv's romeo and juliet in australia uh because they were from feuding families so there was also this Mm. like what are the families gonna do when they get together at this wedding yeah and um so Minogue um, said, Kylie Minogue said that she thought that the wedding episode and their marriage in general would bring controversial subjects such as, quote, premarital sex and HIV AIDS into focus. <laughs> so um, they, they were trying to to explore the moral points behind um, living together and premarital sex. And even after you're together, what do you what do you do? What's what's safe, et cetera. Anyway, so this um, th- this episode then huge massive hit. 
that's when the locomotion dropped. Mm. So it was this huge moment for her career, and that really was the the blast off in a lot of ways. I wonder if that timing hadn't been that timing, if everything would have still happened for her like that. You know? like Yeah. It's weird that some things, like for some people, just line up and work out and yeah 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 absolutely some i I think sometimes i think that a lot of fame is just luck yeah yeah which is unfortunate because then we also have this like false narrative that it's through grit and perseverance or or whatever yeah and some of that is true but it's the combo like you have to try and work hard and just get fucking lucky yeah and you have to have some talent too like but a lot of people have talent, you know, it's, it's, and ev- not everyone is, that has talent is famous. So there's gotta be more And you're right. I think luck is a big part of it. Yep. Uh, so Scott and Charlene's wedding ceremony has often been included in lists about the best television weddings or soap opera moments of all time. It was voted the most romantic TV nuptials of all time and the top TV wedding of all time in a radio times poll. I'm assuming that's Australian. <laughs> um, and, then in 2011, Channel 5 had a Greatest TV Weddings program, and uh, the the wedding placed third. So even all those years later, it was still like a, a big deal. Apparently, uh, the actor that played Scott is also a musician, and the fans demanded a duet between Kylie Minogue and this actor, uh, musician guy. Jason Donovan is his name. There he is. Um and and they were ultimately successful. There was a duet that was released between them. Um, uh, uh, let's see, just just like a couple of years later, um, which I I just I think that that shit's great. Like the idea that like your on TV wedding means now you have to do things in real life together. <laughs> yeah, even if you don't want to. Yeah, she was reluctant, ultimately relented, and now we have we have this song. Did you listen to it? Um, no, I did not oh, listen okay. to it. I didn't know if it was any good. Um, we should fucking listen to it. We need to listen to all of these. I'm trying to find the name of it, but like I said, I I'm not medicated right now, so I'm having I'm I'm struggling. Totes struggles to funk, Kyle. Um, what else do I want to tell you about this thing? Oh, so that got me thinking about just like soap operas in general and soap opera moments, mm-hmm. and um, the thing that is interesting to me is compared to other Australian soap operas and globally soap operas in general, the show Neighbors that she was on was actually behind the curve in terms of queer representation. Hmm. So um, the first lesbian character on that show was uh, uh, Lana Crawford, played by Bridget Naval, and she became the first lesbian character just in 2004. Oh, wow. Which most uh, soap operas, as far as I could tell, there were there were gay gay characters in the 70s and 80s in a lot of them if not full on plot lines um uh so for for it to be that late is pretty late in 2010 the first regular gay character named Chris Pappas played by James Mason was introduced again 2010 other soap operas had had gays in the 70s and 80s Uh, And then in 2018, Aaron Brennan, played by Matt Wilson, and David Tanaka, played by Takaya Honda, were married, which was the first same-sex marriage to feature in an Australian TV drama, because they had apparently some, they waited until it was legal 
Mm. So same-sex marriage was legalized in 2018, and that's when they decided to have a gay marriage plotline. Oh, that, that kind of makes sense, though. That, like, yeah. that couple could also have been waiting for it to be legal to, you know, that lines up with what happened in real life, too. Yep. Yeah. And... People were having commitment ceremonies and yeah. other kinds of gay weddings well before legalization. What I'm interested in and didn't look up, but maybe now I will, I don't know, <laughs> is whether there was like a regulatory reason for it. Because like TV rules are fucked up in a mm. lot of places and it might have had like like repercussions if they had promoted an illegal act or not yeah. yet legal act or who, like, I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the first trans character on Neighbors was Mackenzie Hargreaves, played by Georgie Stone, uh, introduced in late 2019. Uh, that was after the actor approached the producers with a pitch that there should be a character, and they said, okay. Good for that actor to be, like, making their own opportunities. Yeah, absolutely. And good for them for listening and doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Good job, everybody. Um some other queer moments in Australian soap opera history. There's a show called The Box, and uh, it featured a, a character named Lee Whiteman and was a camp, a high camp television producer and uh, has two same-sex relationships during his time in the series that were on on screen. So um, gay shit on Australian soap operas goes back to, to 1974, apparently. Wow. Um yeah. Anyway, that's some stuff about soap operas. I know. Look at it. Look at the time, Kyle. Look at the time. Um, that's really interesting. Thank you, Mike. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna let's diverge into the woods. Now I'm doing weird into the woods. Um, and play a little game. Yeah, play a game. Okay, those of you on the Pride Forty Eight Discord chat, please play along slash give me the answers. Here we go. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm going to give you a lyric. Okay. And you're going to tell me... Oh, I am fucked, Kyle. You're, no, you're not. No, okay. you're not. You're going to tell me whether it's from Can't Get You Out of My Head. Oh, okay. Padam, padam. Okay. Or I made it up. Okay, great. I love this. Okay. I love this. Okay, here I we go. I have a few. So, um, first one is, I can tell you how this ends. I'll be in your head all weekend. That's padam, padam. That's padam, padam. Yeah. Good job. See? You got this. <laughs> I'll be in your head all weekend. Yeah. Okay, um, great. From my nose down through my toes, you'll find parts that nobody else knows. You made that up. I made that up. Yes. Whoa. (laughs) Sorry. I I need to be, I need to be keeping track of these. Uh, You have two so far. Okay, great. This one's a tough one. Okay, great. La, 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 (laughs) la, 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 la. Uh-huh. La 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 la. Okay, in my head, those are not laws, but in the recording, they are nas. In can't, uh, can't get you out of my head. I think that's na na, and you made that up. Oh, interesting. No, no. that's can't get you out oh, of my well, head. Oh well, fuck my ass. <laughs> All right, that was a good theory, though. I like that. <laughs> Just always looking out for how you can fuck me, Kyle. I'm trying. Okay. I'm trying to. Um, there's a dark secret in me. Don't leave me left in your heart. Set me free. Padam, padam. Incorrect. That is can't get you out of my head. Shit. (laughs) (laughs) Next one is shivers that ease your pain. I get the shivers every time you touch my brain. (sighs) Padam, padam. 
No, I made that one up. Son of a bitch, Kyle. There, she does say something like that. She says, shivers and cold champagne. I get the shivers every time you say my name. Okay. Shivers and cold champagne. Okay. All right. The shivers every time I Yeah. Um, next one. You're everything I ever knew. I want to feel you in my bed sheets too. Can't get you out of my head. I made that one up. Son of a bitch, Kyle. <laughs> last Fuck. one. Great. This is the last one. <laughs> Somebody in the chat says, if you have brain shivers, you should see a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> brain shivers mean you might not have taken your meds. Thanks, Nico. <laughs> um, won't you stay? Won't you lay? Stay forever and ever and ever and ever. That's can't get you out of my head. Correct. Yeah. You got three. Great. So you failed. Great. <laughs> if there's anything I love more than anything else, Kyle, it's public failure. <laughs> no, uh, you did a good job, especially for not being it. Well, you love Padam Padam, so. I do, I think. Hmm. You know, Padam Padam is so interesting because, okay. This Don't, is a good segue into we're going to talk about personal Padam, feelings. Padam. No, no. Oh, Padam, Padam. I have, yeah, we okay. have an entire thing on pop. First of all, we have a friend whose theory is that straight people can't hear that song. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that it's just silence when yeah. that song is on, which I think is fucking hilarious. Yeah. But also, okay, don't at me, everybody, or do. I love it. Um, it's not that great of a song. <laughs> Why do I fucking love it? You know? Why? Maybe I do understand your relationship to Britney. I think if you like this song, then you understand at least a part of it. I, you don't have to, a song doesn't have to be like, this changes the world. This is the most unique, individual, high quality, well-produced thing ever. It can just be fun. Yeah. It can be like, I like this. I like to dance to this. I, this makes me happy. Like songs can just be basic and easy and fun. Yes. Yes. I agree with that. Okay. I, I'm not not here to yuck anybody's yum or shit on anybody's parade. Mm-hmm. Uh, and but. <laughs> it's also not that fun. Like she kind of sounds like she's underwater and bored, and <laughs> I don't I don't understand some of the like sound choices that they've made with this song. Uh, go ahead. No, you know. Oh, just, I just I just I just I just it's not it's not that fun. It just flowers is the same thing. Fucking Miley Cyrus, mm. that song is just not great. And yet, here I am. And it was like the quickest song to reach a billion streams on Spotify or something. Like, you were not the only one. So stupid. Um, but the the Kylie Minogue, the like her sounding like it's underwater, a Vogue opinion piece. Great. Which was called Kylie Minogue's Padam Padam is the gay nonsense bump bop we needed this pride. Okay. <laughs> um, one of the things it talked about in, you know, trying to figure out why is this a gay song? Why do we love it? What is going on here? Um, apparently it went viral in TikTok, which I don't, I'm not on TikTok, so I don't know. Thanks, TikTok. I guess so. I mean, songs, that is one way to get your song to like go somewhere is you put it on TikTok. And if the sound catches and people use it, then... Anyway, so it went viral on TikTok, quote, in no small part because Minogue sounds exactly like an AI creature on the track. Great. <laughs> I agree. So Underwater and bored. That's, 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 <laughs> we're saying the same thing. Um, let's see. Another article that I read about Padam Padam is on Harper's Bazaar. It says, 
Padam Padam is a pride anthem and Kylie Minogue at her peak. The subtitle is this pop star's latest song isn't just a bop, but it also, but also a newly inducted element of the queer lexicon. Ooh. Um, that sounds like a bunch of bullshit. I th- no, I I <laughs> I see this song as there are things like gays drink iced coffee or gays can't do math that are just newer things that have come up and we all just kind of glom on to them and there's no actual reason. There's nothing actually gay about them. Right. It's just, but now we've made it gay and it's our thing and it's funny and fun to feel like you're in on something. Mm. And I think this is one of those things. Mm. Mm. I think we all decided it was a gay thing and you, and we just then made it our thing. Like, I think Mm. it, it entering into the lexicon explains its popularity to me. Okay. 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 Um, apparently, the, the uh, track was debuted on the season finale of American Idol, which Ooh. included a squad of buff male dancers in skin-tight military meets sci-fi outfits. Fuck yes. So, you know, we've got the performing on a huge popular TV show. We've got the buff background dancers. Um, she has a gay cult following even the, in the U.S. Um, and... Uh, the article said, quote, we're allowed to enjoy even objectively terrible things with a confusing mix of irony and superiority. <laughs> if, <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. If something is so bad, it's good. We are the ones who get to decide. Yeah. Yeah. And it connected it to. But then like that also presumes that there's like some gay high council that like has a gavel and decides like. Things kind of, <laughs> but it, there's, I don't know how it works, but it kind of works like that, right? Like it kind of just spreads through gay world. And then it's just like, the, hey, everyone, this is a gay thing yeah. now. I, right? Yeah. 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 Um, Can you imagine what like a gay high council would look like? There's like. You know, one one twink, one bear, one otter, <laughs> one gamer, one like, and they meet like quarterly. Yeah, <laughs> at like five, but then it actually starts at like five thirty-seven because yeah. <laughs> yeah. everyone had to go get their iced coffee on the way there. Right, 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 right. Um, uh, talking talking a, a little bit about like the the way that she sounds. So, um, uh, somebody, uh, Tim Sendra on uh all music uh said that she has a slightly nasal girl next door vocals that serve her needs perfectly <laughs> she's known for her soft soprano vocal range but uh also apparently um she was sometimes referred to by people that hate her as the singing budgie which a budgie is an australian bird that i guess oh sounds. oh god yeah oh, it, 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 oh yeah kylie i just wanted to say budgie but you budgie because budgie smugglers are anyway go ahead i haven't heard that yeah, yeah um in the vogue article it said quote we love mess in all its forms particularly the sonic kind <laughs> um, so there's i mean a lot of these <laughs> that's not kind no, go ahead <laughs> well a lot of these are like acknowledging like this is trash and we love yeah. we love some good hot trash yeah yeah i like the idea that we get to decide what trash is acceptable yep um I think another part of this is similar to gays like iced coffee is you get to feel connected to gay culture, no matter where or who you are. Sure. I think you could be in the boonies and you listen to this and you get to feel like you're part of gay culture. You don't have to go anywhere or do anything. So especially cause this was released around pride yeah. in June. Um, 
there's a release in May, but you know, around June, then we get to, no matter who we are or what we're doing, play the song and feel like we're part of gay culture. Yeah. Which I think is an important thing sometimes. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, absolutely. And it doesn't have to make sense. It doesn't have to make sense. That's true. But I think there are a lot of, it's always interesting looking at all these factors that add up together, like her cult following plus going on TikTok and plus American Idol and plus, you know, the the weird sounds and plus we all called it a bop. Like, you know, all these things add together to make it part of gay culture. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so did we do it? I don't know. How do you, we didn't talk about, how do you feel about her? Fine. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at too. So, um, one of the articles that I looked at had a picture of her wax sculpture at like oh. uh, Madame Tussauds and it looks exactly like her. Oh, that's how I feel about her. <laughs> like she's a person that looks exactly like her own wax sculpture. That's hilarious. Yeah. Um, I... Yeah, just kind of feel like fine about her. Yeah. I don't love her. I I don't revere her the way others in other countries do. And I'm just kind of fine with her. Yeah. Meh. I mean, I would... I, if if she was coming to Pride, I would stay and see her. Yeah. Yeah. Fair day to ticket. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we did it. Okay, we did it. Uh, so everybody on the stream and on Discord, we're going to do Gays the Straightest here just a little bit. Um, but, uh, but, but first we have to take a break cause that's what we do. That's so, what we do. Yeah. So should we take a break? Yeah. Let's take a break. Let's take a break. This is the part where Mike and Kyle take a break. So are we back? We're back. We're back. <laughs> well, what a break that was. I have to pee so bad and we can't actually do oh, that no. now. <laughs> <laughs> you got seven minutes. Hold on. All right. All right. All right. Um, we're going to do our gays the straightest, but first, hey. Dirty fuckers. We're coming to Houston. Yeah. Next month. Next month. Uh, so, yeah, we will be in Houston. We're performing at Kiki right there in the Montrose neighborhood on Sunday, October the 15th at noon. Be there or be square. Yeah. Buy your tickets at gayishpodcast.com slash live. Yeah. Um, also, if you are listening to this live over the weekend, next up is Pod is my co-pilot. So stick around to listen to them. Yeah, heart them. Yeah, big hugs. Um, do you want to? Should we do our contact info? Sure. Our website is gayishpodcast.com. We are on socials, including Instagram, and we have our own Discord. So if you want to come hang out in a different Discord, you can uh, find all that contact info at gayishpodcast.com/contact. Our hotline, you can send us text messages or leave us voicemails. It's 5855-GAYISH. That's 585-542-9474. Standard rate supply. Our email is gayishpodcast at gmail.com. And our physical mailing address is Post Office Box 19882, Seattle, Washington, 98109. Is it time for our gayest and straightest? It's time for our gayest and straightest. I'll go. Okay, go. Um, so my gayest is I have been listening to all of these gay ass podcasts all weekend. Yeah. Pride so, 48. We see you. Pride 48. Yep. Yep. So I've been hanging out in the chat. All that good stuff. Do you have a favorite? Do you want to, do you want to call out somebody and have everybody else feel bad by, by comparison? Sure. Uh, well, well, Adam <laughs> Burns on Geeky, Geeky Gay did five shows. Yeah. Knocked out five shows yep. in order to get all this week's done on top of being on basically all of the other basically shows also show. i so. don't know at the at the end of this he's not going to be able to talk because it's just be like <laughs> i have nothing else to talk about he's i'm the, out the mvp award yep 
Um, and my straightest is I was informed, we were informed by someone that Cher is releasing a Christmas album. I had no idea. <laughs> and so feeling out of the loop on Cher. Great. Is my straightest. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? Uh, what about me? So the gayest thing about me this week is uh, uh, last night uh, with the boyfriend watching The Little Mermaid. <laughs> <laughs> the new one? The new one. Oh. Yeah. I just was like, how yeah. was it? It was really good. Yeah. Yes. I felt like just by watching it, I felt anti-racist. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, and then uh, the straightest thing about me this week was uh, I've been doing a bunch of traveling. The battery in the Jeep has been going bad for a while. Mm. And um, I just hopped in and drove just a short way down the street. And uh, thank God I was parked on a hill because then when I got back into the Jeep after running my errand, it would not turn over. It wouldn't start. The battery was dead. So I roll started it. Oh, how do you do that? Yeah, if you either have to push, push start it, or you have to be on a hill and get it going fast enough that you can pop the clutch and then it'll turn over. Because you don't need the battery necessarily to huh. make the engine go. If your alternator is working, it will spark the spark plugs and make the gas burn. Hmm. You just have to get up the speed and then pop the clutch and it goes. Wow. It was so impressive. I got that... like, I was so straight. Yeah, that's very impressive. Yeah. Um, okay. Gayest and straightest. We have a couple from our chat. So I will grab uh, RT Cruisers. Uh, straightest was taking a chunk off my knuckle working on my car. Ouch. Wow. He has uh, a whole bunch of cars. Oh. Yeah. Um, gayest is said car is like a rolling brothel with green metallic interior with leopard skin print accents oh my wow, goodness that's very gay <laughs> that's awesome yeah um this was from moose p Do it. steve moose p uh gayest listening to pride 48 most of the weekend just like kyle straightest but right now have one eye on scream on tv <laughs> um and then from doc stone uh gayest and straightest i'm happy was happening concurrently. I'm passively watching the 49ers football game, uh, but I was trying to learn to play on the piano a Judy Garland song, The Man That Got Away. Oh. <laughs> um, well, th that is it. A special, special thank you to Pride48 for all of the fun years of live streaming with you all. Uh, we're happy to keep participating in whatever form the future takes uh and uh, of course a, a huge thanks to, to adam and daniel for all of the hard work that they do you guys are fucking amazing yeah thank you adam and daniel for everything that you've done and the community you've created yeah i also want to thank our super gap bridgers uh they're the ones that give us the most money so thank you to kit oliver andrew bugby william bryant christopher m john crowley stephen porch yost Osel, harry shaw josh copeland jonathan montanias wadu forest nail patrick martin james barrow steve douglas Explosive Lasagna, Michael Cubbington, Just Jamie, Kevin Henderson, Thomas B., Timothy Sora, Dusty Sands, A. Coleman, Chris Cachatorians, and Jerome York. Yeah. Thank you for your support. Thanks for your money. For your support. <laughs> uh, this has been Gayish from the Chris Cachatorian Studios. I'm Mike Johnson. I'm Kyle Getz. Until next week, be butch, be fabulous, be you. See you next week, y'all. See you next week. Buy your tickets for Houston. And buy Pride 48.
in the immortal words of Fatty, now how do I turn this shit off? <laughs> <laughs>